Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. In 2016, two thirds of our leads generated came from mobile devices. That is insane. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello, and welcome back to episode number 77, Perpetual Traffic. We got Ralph and myself sitting right next to each other here, uh, looking out the window in Denver, and uh, Molly on the other side. How are we doing? Doing amazing. I'm doing great. Today, we are going to be reminiscing. We're going to be taking a look back at the year in review of 2016 and what we learned. We're going to specifically go through seven lessons we all learned through our different traffic campaigns in the last year, 2016. Next week's going to be a fun one. Next week, episode 78, we're going to be talking about some of our predictions for 2017 and what we think will be the best things for you to focus on to have the most success for 2017. But right now, we just want to sit back and we want to really just appreciate you, the listener, for for coming with us on this journey. And especially thank you to all of you guys that we've met in person at different events that have reached out on Facebook or email just to say how much you've gotten out of the podcast. I know it means a lot to each of us. We always share it with one another when we get one of those messages. So thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a couple times a week, we're sending each other screenshots from you guys. So, you know, if you do have a big win, we'd love to hear about it, even if it's just a Facebook message. It's why we do this. Yeah, (laughs) that's totally why we do it. There's nothing more motivating or makes us happier than to see those kinds of messages. You guys take an action based upon a couple of things that we had said here on the show. So uh, really appreciate all you guys listening and uh, look forward to meeting many of you and lots of the events coming up in 2017, which will be really cool. Make sure if you haven't got a ticket for Traffic and Conversion Summit, you go to trafficandconversionsummit.com for that. If you're interested in coming to our live certification in February that Ralph and I are doing, you can go check that out as well at dominatewebmedia.com forward slash 2017. 
So let's uh, let's talk some stuff. Lots of good stuff happened. I mean, it's it's been fun. It's been an amazing year. Putting this episode together was fun. I think we all realized how much has happened this year, especially on Facebook, how many changes, but really, you know, how much we've learned too. Yeah. And this is only seven things that we learned. I think we probably could have made this list many times larger, but the big stuff we're trying to highlight here. And, you know, the cool thing about listening to the show here is that you can listen to how we test a lot of the new things that come on Facebook and see whether they're worthwhile and they, they work for your business. And uh, we're going to reiterate some of that here, as well as some additional testing that we've done recently that actually updates some of the advice we've given in past shows. Number one, number one, number one is kind of the big one. It's uh, really how smart the algorithm really is. Like, Ralph, this, wasn't this oh the year the new, new yeah. Facebook pixel came about? And we were all freaking <laughs> out a few months ago. Yeah. Like a year ago, we were freaking out because the old conversion pixel, which we loved so much, was going away. It was being sunsetted in 2016. And it kind of all freaked us out a little bit. I mean, I think, Molly, you probably felt the same way. We certainly did. Oh, absolutely. The first step was definitely to panic. But then once <laughs> you started testing it and dipping the toe in the water, first the, you know, the little pig toe and then the big toe and then the whole foot, then we started getting really good results, realizing that it was a massive upgrade. And the Facebookers were right yet again yes. to get rid of the old pixel and to get this new one in there, which has a cleaner code. I know nothing about coding, but apparently it's cleaner. It loads faster. There's so much more flexibility with it, with different types of advanced conversion tracking. It's really, it's like the one pixel to rule them all. And I think they really got it right. And we've definitely seen that the algorithm yeah. in, in concert with the pixel has just gotten so much smarter. That's my biggest takeaway too. Facebook has gotten smarter. I've noticed that I can put more of our campaigns really on autopilot essentially, right? Not that I don't need to scale or pay attention to it, but if I select the right objective and if I have a good offer and if I'm sending traffic to a high converting landing page, that campaign will almost run itself. Facebook's gotten so smart. Like you said, all of the data that they have on users, they know who is most likely to take what action, who is most likely to be interested in X, Y, Z. So their ability to put ads in front of the right people is incredible. Not only that, but their ability to show ads to people who aren't interested. So I, I think that's key too. Facebook's ability really to just optimize our campaigns for us. Yeah. I mean, I remember a year ago talking about lookalike audiences as being a, you know, sort of a secret weapon within the Facebook ads platform, but never really using it on its own all that much. This is basically an audience that you can create which is off maybe uh, your customer list. Or in our case, we're using lists of customers we can pull out of a CRM that, or a customer relations management software that have spent over $5,000 and maybe over $1,000. So we create an audience for them and then create a lookalike audience off those people. And we're running traffic just to that lookalike audience. Depending on, we test all kinds of different lookalike audiences. But a year or so ago, we were overlaying it. We were doing the lookalike overlay with another interest because it wasn't quite as smart 
Now the algorithm is right. so smart. We really do trust Facebook with a lot and leave, you know, yeah. the settings set on automatic oftentimes. And we're getting even better results than we ever have, which has been great. And just to echo that, I looked back over campaigns I created over the last two to three months. And most of the ad sets that are performing the best are simple lookalike audiences and just the lookalike audience. Like Ralph said, we're not pairing it with an interest any longer. Facebook is that smart that, you know, you can create a custom audience of a thank you page and create a lookalike audience off of that. Your email list, people who have purchased from you. Facebook has gotten so much smarter. And yeah, some of our highest converting ad sets are those lookalike audiences. And let's move into number two. Number two is video ads, specifically Facebook video ads, which we talked a lot about in episodes 67 and 68, as well as way back to episode number three. Video ads for us has been a core fundamental strategy from day one, for me back in 2011. But this year, oh my goodness, for a while we were predicting, I used to always say like last year during webinars, one of these days, Facebook, they're going to give us more options for custom audience based on people's video view length. And guess what? They finally did it. And this has been a game changer where now you can create a video. Let's say you have a two minute video and now automatically, as long as you tell Facebook to create these, they will create audiences, warm audiences based off of how long somebody's watched your video. So you'll have a three second audience, a 10 second, somebody who's watched 25%, 50%, 75% or 95% of your video. And the best part is, is you can also create these lookalike audiences based off of those uh, engagement numbers. And so Facebook as well has added recently people who spend the most time on your website and some other engagement metrics that they're bringing in. But video ads have, have crushed it. For us, it's been a way to really help build that perpetual traffic formula where we are continually building our warm audiences, building goodwill, but we're also generating leads and generating conversions But at the same time, we're kind of filling up that bucket so our warm audiences don't get too small. Remember, Facebook is the online version of the party or the coffee shop. And nobody likes that guy where you where you shake his hand and he's trying to pitch you something 30 seconds after shaking your hand. However, you know, if you show up at a party and you, you know, you build a relationship with somebody and you maybe give him a tip about something and give him a little aha moment. You know, he probably wants to learn more about what you do. And video ads, we've been able to do that. We've been able to take cold audiences from Facebook and take them directly to sales pages, offers in some cases, or directly into webinars or event pages. And it's been a great thing. And I think even, you know, Facebook facilitating that more and more. Like you're starting to see the the landing page pop up under the video. If you have your product catalog connected, you're starting to see e-commerce products showing underneath videos. You can really see that this is a big effort by Facebook, right? This is a big initiative by Facebook because the whole world is paying attention to video. I mean, if you listen to episode 56 with Dollar Beard Club, you'll realize, and if you browse the internet at all, you will realize how important video is, whether it's on a landing page or in an ad. 
So really just seeing Facebook add different features, add different functionality, that's been really, really cool. It's a it's a totally different dynamic. And I think video is a way to speak to a big group of people that might not resonate as well with text or written word. So I think it's just really opening another line of communication for us to speak to a group of people. Absolutely. We've seen a lot of cases like in Dollar Beard Club, they went from a brand new company to a million dollars a month with one video. Yes, it was a viral video, but then they turned it into an ad and all their other videos into ads and their ads, their conversion costs are so low because they have great content. And we've seen several cases where some of the clients where we've been able to scale and you know, get those ad spend numbers up to five or $10,000 a day. In most cases, they are video ads and they run longer, they last longer, they're easier to manage. There's just a lot of different reasons why, because you're also building a better longer term base for your brand as well. And it's not just a sidelight either. I mean, I think, you know, video used to be just sort of one of those other things that you would do in addition to your link post or image ads. And Really, now it's front and center. Looking at what our ad spend is on a daily basis, I mean, we're spending sixty-five plus thousand dollars a day on ads, and the vast majority, I would say, seventy plus percent, are video ads. Maybe sixty-five plus percent. So it's not a novelty. I mean, it's a way for businesses to really grow. It's a way for businesses to explain what it is that they do through explaining their product or showing people that they can help them by actually helping them in the video or informing them and then pivoting to the next logical step, which in most cases is something like a, you know, a sale or maybe an opt-in or a webinar registration. So it's been transformative for the business. So if you're not using video, definitely go back to 67 and 68, as well as Ezra's episode at 63, which is really good. And you want to always be thinking about with all your ads, whether it's a video ad or non-video ad, but a lot of times video ads do this. What impact are you making on the viewer, the audience, on the ones that don't click? Because maybe they're in a situation where they don't. Because just because they didn't click the first time doesn't mean they won't again later. So you always want to be thinking about how you can make a positive impact. That leads us on to number three, Instagram. What's going on with Instagram? I think we've said this in a couple of episodes before. That's one of the reasons why we're happy you're listening to this one, because we start testing things and realize that maybe our initial tests really didn't work out for whatever reason, because maybe we tested them wrong, or maybe we just didn't test them in the right scenario. So, I mean, yeah. we met with our, our awesome Facebook partner manager and our former Facebook partner manager in Austin about a month or so ago, and they really convinced us to run Instagram alongside all our other placements. And we started to test and, the, you know, the account managers in the agency were somewhat reluctant to it, but not in every single case. But I would say in the majority of cases, we're now running all our placements together, including Instagram, as well as instant articles, as well as, you know, right hand column and the mobile and the desktop newsfeed. And we're seeing a synergistic effect. It's my big 25 cent vocabulary word there <laughs> for today. But no, really, they all seem to kind of work together as like ingredients in a cake, you know, the like placements, they, the, yeah, placements, the placements, desktop, do. right column, Instagram, yep. mobile. Absolutely. Yep. So they, they seem to work together because Facebook is smart enough going back to number one is that they're smart enough to know where your potential converter or where your audience is. Maybe they're on Instagram only for like, you know, 30 seconds, but they might see your ad and then that might be the zero moment of truth where they actually click on the ad and convert. So we're seeing that trend uh, really positive. And that's one of those things we're really looking forward to continuing to test. Just like with the algorithm in the past few months, 
We've continued to test Instagram ads. Again, all of the placements in one ad set, which I believe really allows Facebook to optimize for the best results. But Instagram has been a big part of our ad spend, even for website conversion campaigns. People are clicking on Instagram ads and signing up for webinars or opting in for lead magnets. So if you tested it in the beginning and brushed it off, definitely put it back into your rotation, especially if you believe that your audience is on Instagram and especially if you're just using it for retargeting because people are clicking. I do think that when any new product rolls out, you're either going to get a false positive or a false negative. So people are either going to click and act on whatever the feature is because it's new, right? It's the new shiny thing. And they're like, Ooh, what does this do? I want to play with it. Or they're going to ignore it because they think it's weird or they don't notice it or because it's new. I think Instagram ads, honestly, it was the latter. I think that when they rolled out, they didn't have a solid enough call to action buttons on the ads, right? I mean, heck, when they first rolled out, you couldn't even send traffic off to a website, right? You had to put it in the, in the link. It was essentially like a boosted post on Instagram. So I think Facebook was wise to roll it out when they did about a year ago. And the updates that I've seen are really comparative to the Facebook platform. So again, don't roll it out. And even if your market isn't necessarily on Instagram, you can at least use it for retargeting. I think it's worth it. Absolutely. And the other thing is that if you want to build up an Instagram following and you want to be starting to reach more people organically on Instagram, or you want to start doing Instagram lives because they just rolled that out now. When you add Instagram into your targeting with your Facebook ads, guess what? You start to build up that organic following as well, because that's just a collateral benefit. When you run Facebook ads, you get more fans. If you're running Instagram ads as a placement, you're going to get more followers, which will give you a better foundation in another longer term, just more solid for the long run and and build your brand in a bigger way. Let's move on to number four, which is number four. This is a big one. The one episode that we had the one and only Ryan Dice on. Guess what he came to talk about? Magical unicorns. Yes. How'd you know? That was Molly's joke. We just edited the tape for that. Ryan came on to talk about the what we really consider the biggest leverage point when we go into a look yep. at a campaign. How can we make the quickest improvement with the least amount of effort? And that's going right into the offer. The reason why they're clicking on their ad, what, what they're getting, the lead magnet, the webinar, the product, whatever it is, We've realized how important that is. Oh, God, yeah. It's like the one thing, I think, more important than anything. And it's probably the hardest thing to get right. And I think that's what makes Facebook a challenge to some people is that they probably don't have the right hook and then the offer that encapsulates that hook. And that's the big challenge, I would say, with Facebook. And I definitely go back and listen to episode 43 because... One of the things that I think trumps all in Facebook advertising is a great offer, is a great hook and offer. As well as episode 45, where we talked about five offers that convert. Yeah, which is which is killer. So go back and listen to that one as well. And that talks about like how to take your hook and then create and craft an offer that people in your market really want or something that they really want to avoid. And you can actually help them with solving that problem whatever that pain point is, whatever that desire is, that is what your hook is. And then you create an offer around it. But what we've realized is that it's the biggest factor if you don't have that down right, or at least test it a lot to figure out what works best. 
all right. the other nuts and bolts and block and tackle stuff that we talk about on the podcast here really doesn't matter quite as much. You have to actually create an offer that people want and people are going to clamor for. If I look back over the past year, whether it's, you know, helping you guys with the the different accounts that you're doing, giving advice or inside of Digital Marketer Engage, 90% of the people that are having trouble with their campaign are really having trouble with their offer. Most people think that traffic is what they need to grow their business. And yes, traffic is the water hose that you can turn on to really scale a business, but not unless you have predictable selling systems, not unless you have offers that people really want. It doesn't matter how beautiful or awesome your marketing campaign is if you don't put it in front of the right people. And especially if it's not something that people actually want, it's not going to work. So if you've been struggling for months and you know, you're, you've tested, you know, this type of objective, or you've started bidding this way, or you've made tweaks to your landing page and you still can't get it to work, I highly recommend going back and listening to to that episode with Ryan, maybe even taking his customer value optimization certification at digitalmarketer.com forward slash products and really figuring out, am I making the right offer to the right people? I, I think that will only help your traffic campaign. Yeah, it's probably the best money you ever spent. I mean, it's, it's so game changing. It's unbelievable. If you get the offer right, and then you have a quality message. Sometimes people aren't quite aware of the challenge that exists or of the desire that your product solves. And so a lot of times we can use messaging and we do that with video ads sometimes as well to help give people an aha moment and, and make them more aware of the problem that, uh, that they might not know they have or the solution that they might not know exists. And then your offer is the next step. And uh, when you get that right, man. The, the audience targeting, the bidding, the budgeting, all that stuff, that's just icing on the cake. And that's how you go from, you know, $1,000 a day to, to three or $4,000 a day. I always tell people that say, you know, how did you get so good at running traffic? And of course, it came from a lot of hard work. And I do think that I'm advanced at running traffic. But if I didn't have great offers to run traffic to, it wouldn't work. You have to make sure that you have an offer, you have a product, you have multiple products. My friends own a, a notebook company and I was helping them the other day with some ads. And it's not that their ads are bad, it's just they don't have a profit maximizer. They don't have a way to make money on the back end to pay for the traffic. So it's not that their ads are bad, it's not that their product's bad, it's just that their funnel, their customer journey, their selling system, whatever you wanna call it, is not fleshed out enough for them to be able to spend more than their competitors to acquire customers. So again, highly recommend focusing on that in 2017 if you wanna better your traffic campaigns. Let's move on to number five. Number five is, is something we just recently talked about in episode 72, Facebook Messenger ads. A lot of cool stuff happening here. Honestly, this is my favorite thing that's happened on Facebook in 2016. And I think in 2017, and we'll talk about this more next week, you're going to see a lot of new channels come onto the market. I think that 
people and you see this through live chat and Snapchat and different mobile apps and email and all of the different ways we communicate now. It's insane. People want different options. And I think that Facebook Messenger opens up a whole new line of communication for us with prospects. And if you refer back to episode 72, I talk a lot about the first test we ran with Facebook Messenger ads. So with that, we simply ran an ad to people on our email list and asked if they had questions about how we could double their business or questions about our products. And when they clicked on the ad in their newsfeed, which looked just like a normal link ad, a normal newsfeed link ad, it opened up a Facebook message with our page. And since then, we've run more tests. We have two people from the sales team that are dedicated to Facebook Messenger. They have a whole tagging system in there where they're saying this message is a possible sales conversation. This is customer service related. But what's cool is this has opened up an entire line of communication where we can have conversations with our customers. And you might think, oh, well, are they buying? Like, why are conversations important? I think that as time continues to progress, people are going to expect more instantaneous conversations with brands. They don't want to send an email to support and wait two to three days to hear back from you. If you look at any of the big brands, they have bots on their Facebook Messenger. They have live chat on their website. You can reach them within minutes. And I think we all, even smaller companies, must adapt. And we must realize that even if you have to allocate extra human resources towards this channel, it's worth it. So Facebook adding the ability to not only run ads in the newsfeed that open up in a message, but also the ability to run ads that show up in someone's messenger if they've messaged you before is incredibly powerful. And I think in 2017, we'll see more integrations. Right now, Facebook Messenger is integrated with platforms like Shopify. I bought my cousin a sweatshirt for Christmas on a website on Sunday, and it asked me if I wanted to sign in via Facebook. Of course I wanted to sign in via Facebook so that it would go ahead and autofill my first name, last name, email address. You know, it's easy. And then at the end, right at the end of the order form, it asked if I wanted to communicate via Facebook Messenger, and it was already checked. It said, get order updates, customer service, and more. Send to Messenger. It was already checked. Of course, I left it checked so I could see what was going to happen. I hit complete order, and all of the communication moving forward with this brand happened within Facebook Messenger. So they sent me my confirmation number. They actually messaged me today on Facebook to tell me that it had been shipped and it opened up a little map inside of my messages showing where the package was. So now that we've had that interaction, that brand can send broadcasts out to me. If they have a sale going on, if they want to communicate something that's going on with their company, they now have permission to send a message. So I really think we're, we're just at the beginning of the journey with Facebook Messenger. If anything, I recommend obviously paying attention to it. You can use bots like ManyChat, M-A-N-Y, chat.com. Again, we talked a lot about that in episode 72. 
go ahead, install a bot, something that will, you know, at least say hello to people that message your page. So they get that immediate response and make sure that you're watching it or make sure that someone on your team is watching because these conversations can turn into sales. Most of the people that are messaging our page really just have questions about which product would be best for them or will your products work for your business? And I guarantee you, every business has prospects that have questions about their products. Will these shoes be good for hiking? Ralph and Keith, how much do you charge to run Facebook ads? Would we be a good fit? So really any type of business can benefit from this conversational selling model, especially using Facebook Messenger. I would get on this right away because like anything, it's going to, after a while, it's going to start to fill up a little bit and there's going to be a lot of noise and it's going to be harder to stand out from the crowd, from their inbox, just like email has become. But it's, I mean, it's going to take a while to get there, but you know, the sooner, the better you jump on this. Uh, the better because this is this is awesome stuff because it's so personal and you get the push notifications as long as they have that enabled. All right, let's let's move on to uh, number six. Number six is Facebook Live. Facebook Live. Uh, we had Frank Kern. We had. Dr. Frank Kern on episode 50 talking about his uh, live streams that, that he was doing every single week. And I've seen a lot of people absolutely crush it right now with, with Facebook Lives and Instagram Live is now coming out. So you want to be paying attention to that. It's the same thing as Molly was talking about with the Instagram ads is where Facebook is continuing to improve. They're now letting you, you know, pin your comment. And you can edit that and stuff. So if you want to have a comment at the top of the thread that has the link that you want to send people to, or if you want to wait until a few minutes into the video to add the call to action link, you can do that. And the most powerful part about Facebook Lives is you can continue to let these suckers live because you can run Facebook ads and you can pay for them to continue running. But they feel when people see it, say three days later, it feels like it's going on live right now, even though it's the recording. So there's a lot of different ways you can use Facebook Lives, and it's just an amazing way to get engagement, a lot more organic reach, and just get that much deeper connection with your audience. There's a couple ways to run Facebook Lives. Some people like to just do them spontaneously, and some people like to schedule them, maybe a weekly show like Frank's doing and like John Asaroff has been doing lately and lots of people are doing, and that really depends on your specific situation, what you want to do. So once again, that's episode 50, and we'll have all the links in the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast episode 77. And that leads us to number seven. Excellent segue. Thank you, Mr. Ralph Burns. (laughs) Well, seven is all about mobile. Mobile and mobile continuing to take more market share and us seeing better results in mobile. Yeah, mobile is still king. Say what you will about Instagram and Messenger as up-and-comers, but mobile is still the place to be on Facebook. And if you don't have a mobile-enabled landing page, then you are missing out on a tremendous amount of traffic. And even non-mobile-enabled landing pages, we've noticed, are working and converting just as well, oftentimes, because devices have gotten bigger. I mean, have you seen, you know, the new iPhone? Yeah. Well, it's not really new at this point, but it's, yeah, it's like an iPad mini. So mobile devices have gotten larger. So 
We used to say, well, get your leads on mobile and then convert them on a sale on desktop. And that is absolutely not the case anymore. Mobile is great for everything. And the inventory is really is on mobile right now on Facebook, so much so that um, they actually passed 1 billion mobile daily active users back in July. That's just 1 billion people on mobile devices. 1 billion. 1 billion daily active users. Uh, No, for us as an agency, I mean, I think, you know, the majority of our traffic, I have not run the numbers on this, but I mean, just looking at individual ad campaigns, when we leave all placements on, like we had talked about in number three here today, that mobile still makes up the majority of our impressions. So I would I would guess that probably 70 to 80% of our impressions are on mobile right now. I don't know if you've done an analysis on that, Mal. We sat down the other day and we were looking at, at data from 2015 and 2016. In 2015, about half of our leads generated from Facebook came from mobile devices. In 2016, two-thirds of our leads generated came from mobile devices. Two-thirds of our leads generated from Facebook came from mobile devices. That is insane. Crazy, crazy. It is. And if you think about some of the things we just talked about, like Facebook Messenger and Facebook Live and all these new things that we're learning in video, if you're tapping into mobile and Messenger with the push notifications, you're able to really take advantage even more because of the mobile environment. That's why you want to be paying attention to all these updates and changes, Instagram, video, all these types of things. And there's some things to think about when it comes to mobile. So when you're customizing a, a landing page or a sales page, make sure you, you know, send that link to your mobile device and look at it. Look how everything yeah. looks on your mobile. A lot of times people will assume because their site is mobile responsive that it's still going to look good, but you need to check. Go check in a couple different devices. Have your team look in and maybe they have an iPhone 5, maybe somebody has an iPhone 6 or or a Droid or whatever it is. And just take a look at things and see how things are looking and how they stack. Maybe you have a t- countdown timer that looks weird on a mobile device. And so you need to shrink it down a little bit. So the numbers aren't like stacked on top of each other. There's a lot of little things that you can really do if you start to pay attention to some of this stuff and you'll have much higher conversions. Right before you set your ads live, you should always make sure that you preview it in mobile. And if you have the Facebook app on your phone, all it does is it just sends you a notification so you can look at it. It literally, it takes three seconds. So, but you know, if your call to action button is way down on the bottom of your page, like for whatever reason, you know, your CSS isn't, is kind of screwed up for mobile devices, whatever, you know, make sure you check that because that can have a huge impact on your conversion. So that's a really good point. Now, I think that's something that people just sort of look at the preview on the right hand side and say hey the ad looks good but what actually happens when I click on the ad and then go to my mobile you know go to my mobile landing page uh, really really important to make sure that you're maximizing every dollar that you spend and just to mirror what you said Ralph Justin Rondo our director of optimization did a great job this year of making sure our landing pages and all of our pages were more mobile friendly. So I do know that really helped with that percentage of lead number that I was talking about because we are converting more people on mobile. But moral of the story, mobile traffic is way up. And I know that's been the story for the last five years and it will be the story for the next five years. Uh, But it's true and it's something you should pay attention to. So that's the seven, seven lessons learned. We'd love to hear from you guys in our Facebook groups. What kind of, what lessons have you learned? What big aha moments have you had? We'd also love to hear from you again. You know, once again, if you love this podcast, feel free to rate us, 
Give us a review. Helps us get this stuff out to more people. But once again, let's go through the seven real quick. Rapid fire. Number one is the new Facebook Pixel, and it wasn't as bad as we all thought. Number two, video ads have been a game changer. And number three, Instagram. Instagram's getting better and better as the users get used to it, as we get used to it, and as Facebook improves it. Number four is the offer. Get the offer right and everything else comes easy. Number five is Facebook Messenger ads, one of the greatest new features. Get into that and start testing that and you'll get awesome results. Number six, Facebook Live. And number seven, mobile. Mobile is king. Make sure you're in mobile, you're optimizing your pages and you're, you're leveraging it. And that's it. Kapow. Kapow. Bam. That's it for today. Next week, next week, episode 78 is all about 2017. So be there, get on next week. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about some of our predictions and uh, how we think that you can set yourself up for the most success next year. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays and happy Happy New New Year. Year. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.